Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. You are listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin with The Good News. Hello, everybody. This is producer Dave sitting in for Angie Austin this week. She's been gone all week because she's helping her son be- become a champion swimmer. Woohoo! And we're waiting. Uh, he's got he's got events all week long, and I know he's been working really really hard. And he just keeps coming in first over and over and whoop, over. Whoop. That's, That's what cool. happens when you have a wonderful mom like that, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You just keep going, and so. Uh, but I'm fortunate enough uh, that Riley that Riley has kept Angie there so that I get to do this with my friends. Oh, and you're so good at he it. Is. So, and I love yes. doing mm. this, and uh, I think it's my true calling is That's to help right. share this word, and I get to spend. My time with you, uh, uh, Beatrice Bruno, the drill sergeant of life. She's always keeping us on track and always keeping us focused and making sure that uh, we don't get overly emotional. <laughs> Good luck with that with crying. me. Because y'all like the crowd. Too. I've seen you cry a couple times, though. So uh, yeah, I just want to say. But Do you have been... it on film? <laughs> it doesn't See? exist if you don't uh, have it on I'm film. I'm not going to tell you if I do or not. See, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, okay. Luckily, we don't have a webcam in here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we was all, I'm also here with uh, Jennifer Bishop. She's here to help us live our best life. Uh, nice. She's got a wonderful Woo-hoo. line of different products that I know all the good news ladies like to enjoy. And <laughs> she, yes. uh, she's she got a, you know, she really helps people. And it's a, a all natural, really good way to do it. But also she brings the love of Christ with her. Amen. Amen. And then I have a. Donna Hetzler with us, and she's been uh, off and on, uh, you know, over the past couple of years with us. But recently, she hasn't been here as much as we'd like, but luckily she's been here all week. Yay. And uh, she's always helping everyone uh, empower everybody around them and make sure that everybody feels better. And I know uh, you have some pretty crazy stories for the Jericho girls of, uh, yes. of, of how you've turned people's lives around. I mean, just the one about the lady who lived in a cage or something you would never have noticed. It always right. sticks with me. I'm like, how could you live in a cage when you're at home and then go out and just live in the world and not shout it to everybody you exactly know. and it, I mean, she just looked like us i mean you'd never oh, you'd never mercy. know but she was somebody at the overwhelm conference and mm-hmm. um wow. had yeah but that's something that struck me about you when i first met you was uh um you know i've i've known a lot of women in my life and i've never known any that build up other women so much i know oh, i've noticed that uh, women kind of tend to fight each other and to compete against each other and right. i think it's better to see teamwork and and building each other up rather than cutting each other down yes and we just had jericho girls um, go online so we're gather, uh, gathering together jericho girls gather and we had uh, someone who's speaking at overwhelm this year and she shared a very small clip of her uh, testimony and it was so powerful, powerful. Mm-hmm. and i had all sorts of text uh, her name is Carla Autry, and she's also our artist. She does all the design work and the um, logo for Overwhelmed, and she's going to be sharing more of that journey. But uh, ladies, we do it via Zoom, so we can all you know see each see. other and interact with each other. And, and there wasn't a dry eye, and it it's so ministered to so many. So it's been fun working with women. Right, and I think that's cool that you're kind of spreading out to you. you. Don't even have to be here in town anymore. Right, you can just yes. go online. You can be anywhere in the world now. Yes. I mean that's it's. It seems like such a big world, and then the internet comes along and makes oh, it yes. such a small makes place. Makes it easy, you know? yes. 
So, yeah, and then, uh, you know, and we get to share the good news with all of our friends uh, um, every day here on Angie Austin, you know, the good news with Angie Austin and friends. And um, today I have a very, really cool story. I didn't know about this place. I think that it's it's uh, something that we really should share and something that people should know about. Um, so this place is uh, Boyd Hooper. He, he's he's uh, Angie actually knows him. I've been listening to him for I can't I mean for as long as I can remember. I've been listening to these stories from Care Eleven, the land of ten thousand stories. And Boyd Hooper's kind of made his whole like cut his own niche and turned it into this whole thing where he actually shares the good things that are happening in the world yeah. rather than yeah. the doom and gloom and horrible mm-hmm. things. And you know sometimes you gotta you go online or you watch the news you see all these things it seems like there's no goodness in the world there's no good news to share but there really is and angie's always saying these kinds of good news stories are the ones that go the biggest viral these are the ones that spread to the most people because we get so many they're real yeah yeah, they're real and it's everyone not manufactured or the 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 um, what do they call it reality tv that's so not Uh, reality yeah exactly yeah scripted reality Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. yeah and so uh and everybody i mean i think most people are um familiar with Arlington National Cemetery. It's where a lot of our World War II vets are. It's a, a lot of people may remember the beginning of Saving Private Ryan is where he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. there's the rows and rows and rows of the white headstones and very powerful imagery. And um, I've actually been there and it's just like got this, it's got this magic power there. Um, and so I was, I found this thing about Fort Snelling which I'd never heard of Fort Snelling until I heard this Boyd Hooper thing, but it's they call it the Arlington of the West, and there's a lot of our veterans are there, and a lot, and I think that it's a really important to share these messages and share these stories, and and to have these, you know, this, it's just the sheer number of people is powerful enough, but then for the purposes and the causes that that put them there, mm-hmm. um, I think it's very important to share their stories, and I like to, I was never in the military, however, I do appreciate people that served. Um, I do appreciate people that served, and I, I like to tell people, and I show my kids that. Uh, it's funny. I saw this guy. He had a Vietnam hat, and I wasn't going to say anything at first. He looked really gruff, and he had this, like, twitchy eye thing going. And he just, <laughs> like, but I was like, you know what? I was with my boys. I think this is a really good example. And I just yeah. said, oh, excuse me, sir. My boys would like to, you know, thank you for your service. And, I, you know, and he just looked down. and got the biggest smile on his face. He's like, well, thank you, sir. And he, like, shook oh. my hand. My, I, I teach my my boys, we say, how do you do? Oh, very fine. How are you, right? Oh, okay. So and I like saying, how do you do? And so he's like, oh, hey, how do you do? And he's like, you know, that's kind of an outdated, <laughs> I outdated like it. thing. I, I think it's kind of, kind of eclectic. But, <laughs> but I think he really appreciated it. And I like showing my boys things like that. And so right. yeah. I like sharing stories where we get to appreciate our vets. Amen. Amen. For eight decades, they have held their ground. Against the advance of trains, planes, and automobiles, they've stood tall, giving not an inch to urban sprawl. This sea of souls in waves of graves. You'll never know just how much I miss you. At Fort Snelling, 
National Cemetery. And if I tried, I still couldn't hide my love for you. The future home of Ann Saffin and the current address of her husband, Ronnie. I know you didn't want to go. And I know for your sake it was better, but I do miss you. I usually come twice, maybe three times a week to have lunch with him. Oh, you sweetheart. You are my love. Anne's husband died nearly two years ago. Like any good Marine, Ronnie could appreciate the order here, the symmetry, a place where privates and generals are entitled to the same slab of marble, two feet, turf to top. It's just almost like a parade with all the soldiers coming, <laughs> all in formation. Were it a city, Fort Snelling National Cemetery would be Minnesota's third largest, more than two and a half times the population of Duluth. 228,000 service people, their spouses, and young children, carrying America's fourth busiest national cemetery. The first burial at uh, Fort Snelling National Cemetery back in July of 1939. A gentleman by the name of George Mallon, uh, he was a Medal of Honor recipient from World War I. Farm fields surrounded the burial of Captain Mallon with 436 empty acres of possibility. At the time, the newspaper articles built it as the Arlington of the West. Among the early burials, soldiers moved here from the former cemetery at Old Fort Snelling. This is where a lot of the disinterments and reinterments were done. Poor record keeping at the fort meant 280 arrived, unknown. But even they earned a space all the riches in the world cannot buy. Bill Gates cannot be buried in this cemetery because he didn't earn the right to be buried here. But Carolyn K. Benjamin did, paid by the military service of Larry Benjamin. My wife, she was a very loving, nurturing person. And just being here gives you a sense of some peace or comfort. Yeah. The beauty of this area, even the birds or the animals you occasionally see out here just to give you a a sense of love for my wife. Think of every one of these headstones as being a, a brick in a national shrine. A shrine to the dead, yet living and evolving with 5,300 new arrivals each year. On behalf of the president, the Armed Forces of the United States and a grateful nation is of honor I present to this flag as a symbol of the great republic for which William so honorably served. Fort Snelling National Cemetery. It's like a, a fraternity in a way. It's a special place for special people. Amid the rush of progress, a place of tranquility. Amid the deceased, a respite for the living. Mm, I love you, sugar. Oh, my boy. And in a world of broken promises, one kept. I'll see you soon, sweetheart. I'll be back. Ooh. So I thought that was really cool. It's uh, it's really great. I, I like spreading the message because yes. it's just uh, something that maybe not that many people know about. And I just all the different stories. That's always what I think. When, when I was in Arlington, 
I was just looking at the rows and rows and rows of all these headstones, and I'm like, every single one of these men has a powerful story that you know that somebody comes and visits. Somebody's missing them. They they died for a reason. They died they died for me, so I could stand here and stand in awe of them. So right, both both of my parents are at Fort Logan here in Denver, and um, I love I love Fort Logan. I love that no matter what rank, what whatever everybody's grave is the same oh yeah and that's i just to me that's just so awesome because that's how we god sees us we're all god's children that's right and i love uh, yeah i i figured out like 14.5 people per day at mm-hmm. fort snelling mm-hmm. yeah that's about right just crazy yeah crazy and it's a beautiful place too and that that that, mm-hmm. that woman that was there talking to her husband and she just kept like touching the headstone and kind of kissing and she just sits there and sits in the grass and the sunshine and has lunch a couple times a week with her husband and oh, I don't even like sweet. thinking about not being with my wife you know so right I know mm-hmm. I'm still recovering over here trying to hold back the tears because I'm right directly across from B and I'm gonna get the line yeah. you white girls cry all the time right? uh, I know <laughs> y'all won't cry over this young girl that's a, this is an okay thing yeah all right yeah, okay good well you know I've got a friend in California and he always says um, he comes for Christmas and he is six foot like my husband burly guy and we say nice things about each other at Christmas and what we only lo- at Christmas, uh, just at Christmas. <laughs> no, <laughs> we are Italians. No, <laughs> but at Christmas we talk about you know what was our blessing? How did we see God move through the years, um, especially this you know past year? And then we talk about our friendship and our families, and you know we honor the the other people that are there with us. And so, long story short, is he always tears up, and I've never seen Eric cry. And his line is, "I got pepper in my eye." Oh yeah. So pepper in the eye is the deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> I have pepper in the eye over here over this story. Mm. But no, it's it's just uh, heart-wrenching to hear this wife's, um, how mm. she's missing. You know, freedom is not free. And mm. we take that for granted so many times. And it's not until I hear, you know, Beatrice's story um, and stories from serving or uh, my friend Joe, who has served for many years, and, and just to hear, um, you know, what it cost to to bring us that good freedom. Mm-hmm. It's it's uh, It comes with a big price. Mm-hmm. It's something we should remember because not everyone served. And those of us that did, it's not a matter of being prideful or anything. It's just a matter of setting aside the time and giving our lives to this great country. Mm -hmm. You know, and I don't care who's the president in the red house, the white house, the blue house, the outhouse. (laughs) I don't care. We're still Americans. Amen. This is still a great country. We ain't got to make it great again. Just continue to be great. We are great. Yes. Amen. You know, I, our son, when he signed up to be a Marine, now he's 20. It's been over two years. Actually, he signed when he was 17, so it's been three years since he um, got in. It's it's like, why? Why, you know, in today's craziness mm-hmm. and it's love of country. Yeah. It's a calling. Oh, it's, he is. He is a protector. He is yeah. a warrior. He oh, yeah. loves taking care of people. Right. And I, I'm like, but, 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 but. I know. I'm like, no, okay, there's my baby. But if there's a, the good news to all of it mm. is um, dying for what, you know, you are called to do. I mean, absolutely. What better way to, you know, I talk to my husband about road racing all the time. He feels it's a calling, you know, to road race. And he's like, we can die crossing the street. And, That's you know, true. why not live 
as you know as full as you can take risks i mean totally experience life yeah. to the fullest so if there's a good news part of the story is you know these people die for what they're calling what they really are convicted and believe yeah. what better way yeah he, he said if i die it's what i love mm -hmm. and i'm like how can i take you know i when he first signed up at 17 other moms are like you're gonna allow him and i'm like well one he's going to do it like once he turns 18 exactly. if I don't support right. him yeah. and two I'm like he this is in his heart this is like really it's in his DNA it's in every cell of his body right well how does that bible verse go God loves those who've been called to their purpose or something like yes, that yes for those who are called to their purpose yeah. I can't remember oh uh, yes yes it's going to come to us like hold up we got to get that he's looking at us but I, that's the for whole point of that called or ordained, yes. those yeah, who are called the yes point of that of that would be that yeah for you know there's a special place and when you when you find your purpose and you follow through with where god's pointing you right then that's where uh, you're going to survive or it's where you're going to thrive and you know it's where you'll be happiest is this our producer that used to sit back there and go those thumpers now you're quoting scripture <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> i love it Miss <laughs> <laughs> like Beatrice, she looks at him. Miss <laughs> B's looking over through the glass. My life's a little bit different than it was two years ago. Amen, right? <laughs> and it will continue, right, right. you know, and, and it's it holding on and holding on and being faithful. And yeah, it's, mm hmm. Did you find it, B? Second Timothy 1, All right. 1 and 9. And this one is a little bit different from the one that y'all are talking about. But who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given in Christ Jesus before the world began. Mm. So everything there. that we're doing, it's because God already preordained it right. before we even came into the world, before the world even existed. No, I'm going through some crazy times in my life right now. And I just keep holding on to scripture and saying, I don't know what's your, what's going on, sure. God. And, but you know, if I'm doing something you don't want, put up a roadblock. Yeah. Like I have never seen it before. And I have this peace that surpasses all understanding. And I'm like, if I'm living in peace, then I, you know, that I feel good about what I'm doing. Yeah. And okay. I found it. There you go. Um, so it's Romans. I love Romans. 830 and those he predestined he also called those he called he also justified mm -hmm. those he justified he also glorified and I love this scripture because I heard a sermon preached on this just this one line what then shall we say in response to these things if God is for us who can be against us and the whole idea of the sermon was the word if mm -hmm. is translated to the original language to since so since God is for us, who can be against us? Mm, amen. Right. I love that. So. I was reminded, though, just now when you said uh, put up a roadblock if I'm doing something, it, it always reminds me of when you're like, God, just give me a sign. It's like <laughs> <laughs> any sign at all, any sign at all. Yeah. <laughs> Make that bush burn over there and talk to me, darn it. Oh, boy. <laughs> Sometimes it's difficult to recognize the signs. You know, uh, and you talk about that. You're like, hey, somebody, you know, I need God's help. And then um, I think there's a joke or something. Something it's like where I just need anybody help, and then somebody knocks on the door, and the, and then they're but like, oh no you, no, get away, get away, you. get away, get away. You know, I was like, no, I was asking God, I was asking God, mm -hmm. and God keeps sending the people. I can't remember how it goes, but God keeps sending people, and 
and uh, you're just like, no, no, no. And you're like looking for, I don't know what it, what it would be, divine intervention, I guess, at right. that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we overthink things, too. We <laughs> ask God for, you know, show us a sign, and it's something simple. And you're like, well, that can't be it. Give me another sign. Yeah, you and know? another, and well, another. Who was it uh, that had asked the fleece to be wet, the blanket? Uh, oh, I'm the Gideon, yes. All right. Well, you did that once, but now, you know, make it dry instead of wet. You know, we, we tend to, mm-hmm. you know, not give, see give those God signs. these parameters. Right. Like, like we can fit him in a box, right? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I'm glad I've been called to this purpose because mm. uh, I love doing we this are job. Too. And uh, I love this show. And I love hanging out with you guys all week long. Ditto. It's mm. really mm. been S2. a fun week. And, um, you know, uh, I'm glad Angie's not not here this week but i'm glad she'll be back next week yeah Yeah. absolutely (laughs) she does something that i really uh that she just does it over and over and over again and she's always doing she's always awesome yeah it's good that she has to be with riley and Mm -hmm. you know just support her son and turn him into the next michael phelps like you said (laughs) so thanks again for being here ladies and everyone thank Thank you for for listening listening. and please stick with us Uh, we got a couple more segments and we'll see you later Good news of Jesus for you in high-definition radio and streaming at 670KLTT.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. All right, Angie Austin here along with Adam. Adam is an ambassador with ARC, and when you shop at ARC, it helps the ambassadors. They help people in our community. Every dollar you spend helps, and everything you donate helps. ARC is a tremendous benefit to people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Now, there's a Saturday sale. Most items half off. If I'm a senior, 55 and over, on Tuesdays, most items are half off. How do we find out about that? ARCthrift.org. How about if I want to donate? Where do I donate? 303-238-JANE. You call them and they'll pick up whatever you need. Furniture, small, big. Medium. uh, Yep, absolutely. Uh, A small, big, medium. They'll bring the truck right on over. What's the number? 303-238-JANE. Yeah, they bring a truck right to your house. 303-238-JANE. 303-238-JANE. ARCthrift.org. Does ARC make you feel special? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I thought so. The ARC special. ARCthrift.org. As are you, ma'am. As are you. Thank you. Do you love working for ARC? I love... Arc. Having fun in the mountains is easy year-round, no matter what your age with YMCA of the Rockies. Come fill your fall days and nights with our exciting Halloween spooktacular programs and entertaining activities. This year at the YMCA of the Rockies, there is something for everyone at our Halloween spooktacular events. Come join us for our Monster Mash skate party, our all-ages costume trick-or-treat night, our kid-friendly haunted house, plus many other special activities specially designed for the fun and exciting Halloween season. YMCA of the Rockies is an ideal vacation located in a stunning environment that helps build healthy minds, bodies, and spirits for all. At the YMCA of the Rockies, we love to provide real bonding experiences for campers of all ages. Go to the planning guide under the activities tab at ymcarockies.org for more information. Fill your Halloween season with fun, exciting, and affordable adventures at YMCA of the Rockies. Go to ymcarockies.org to book your stay today. Thanks so much for joining us for this encore portion of The Good News with Angie Austin. Hey, welcome back to The Good News. Angie Austin here. You've heard me talk many times about my experiences over the years, decades really, at YMCA The Rockies. 
My family and I, we go up there several times a year, and my daughter Hope cries when we leave because she thinks it's like our place, our cabin. And so I'm so thankful for the memories they've helped provide, not just my family, but other families as well, but also the wholesome Christian experience you have in the outdoors when you go up there. I just spent about five days up at the Y, and it was one of the best vacations my family's ever had, which I don't know how you could keep topping it. And I met Dave DeLuca. He's the center uh, director at the YMCA of the Rockies at the Estes Park location. And Dave, you took me on a tour, and I hit you up for an interview. So thank you so much for joining us. Well, it's my pleasure. Thanks so much for inviting me. I have to say that one of the things that really strikes me about the Y and that I, why I want to share it with other Christian people and Christian families is they um, it's wholesome. Like the young people that work there, I, I like to kind of interview them like a reporter, like, oh, you know, why are you here for the summer or whenever we go up there? And, uh, you know, have you ever been here before? And uh, nine out of 10 times they've been there as kids and they love it so much that they've come back and that they really are good, wholesome Christian kids. My husband even said, Dave, I didn't know they had millennials like this anymore. <laughs> well, I'm I'm very proud of our summer staff. They are uh, an incredible group of of both young people and and not so young. We have a a large senior contingent as well of of volunteers who come and join us every year. But the young people are caring. They uh, they are living their Christian mission. They are serving our guests to the best of their ability, and they do it with such grace and such enthusiasm. They uh, they help keep me young. I want to give you one example of just like just a young person that really impressed me. So his name is Nate. He works in housekeeping and he happened to be watching the rock climbers. So I turned to him and said, do you um, work in um, in the rock climbing department? He said, no, I'm in housekeeping, but I really like rock climbing. So he proceeded, Dave DeLuca, to give my three kids tips. And it brings tears to my eyes. He found out when they were coming back the next day. Because my son had been climbing for three hours and he couldn't make it to the top of the most difficult route. And so he said, Riley, you're probably tired. You know, you've been climbing for three hours. Try it tomorrow. He found out when they'd be coming back and on his own time off came back to help my son and give him advice on how to reach the top. Well, that's a that's a wonderful story, and uh, I'm going to have to remember that and share that with with our other staff. But uh, it, it doesn't surprise me. Uh, we have about 550 young people who join us in the summer. They are committed to the Y mission. They're committed to a, a healthy uh, outdoor lifestyle. And even those folks that work in housekeeping or food service will find find their passions or or find ways to enjoy their passions here. So I'm so pleased that that Nate was able to interact with your kids. So neat. All right. Um, you mentioned the seniors volunteering there as well. Um, I have to tell you, over all the years that I've come up to the Y, and, you know, there's the roller skating, there's the swimming, there's the crafts, the horseback riding, the rock climbing. We did the zip lining for the first time. But also, Dave DeLuca, um, we, the, there's the hiking program. Now, you mentioned the seniors. Now, we had Dave, another Dave. Uh, lead us on a hike. And I knew he was around 70. And I did this just one time a couple of years back. Well, I was hoping he'd still be there. And of course he was. And he let us on the, <laughs> he was, he led us on the Bible point hike. And then Tom took us on the history hike. Sarah and mm-hmm. another Dave took us on the, uh, another hike that was at, um, ended at night when we had headlamps on and they hiked up four watermelons. 
But I have to tell you, to have somebody lead a hike that's turning 70, out there doing, I mean, not just little, you know, flower hikes. We're talking this dude does the real deal, all day long hikes. And my kids did not want to go, Dave. When I said, now, if we're going to go up to the Y, we have to do mommy's fun things too. We're going to hike. And then they said this, uh, I have to tell you. It was their, the highlight of their hike, of their uh, trip, pardon me. The hikes, that your hiking program is amazing, and it's free included like, with your rooms. That's right. And I think you, you've, uh, you've just described the crown jewel of the YMCA, the Rockies. Our, our hike master program, uh, we lead anywhere from five to ten hikes, primarily day hikes, of differing uh, challenge levels each day. And, uh, and the hike masters are an incredible group. Uh, There are some that have been back for 15 or 20 years. Some are paid, some are volunteers, but um, they impart their love of the Rockies to to our guests. And I know that they have uh, sparked a lifelong interest in hiking from a significant number of our guests. And I hope the same goes for your children. Well, uh, they definitely loved it. They couldn't stop talking about it. And if you want to look into all these programs, YMCAoftherockies.org, YMCAoftherockies.org. And Dave, just to continue in that same vein um, uh, with the hikes, Tom took us on a history hike, which is fairly new. And so we got a lot of the other hike masters Mm -hmm. on, on the hike with us. And my kids were the only kids. And at first they were staring around and, you know, like staring at the sky and not listening. And then they just got so intrigued we found an old spring from i don't know if it was a stanley steamer or what but tom said it was probably at least 100 years old from a car from some old vehicle and then he took us to the original entrance to the ymca of the rockies that has been torn up it was torn up in the seas and we were finding pieces of pavement and my daughter tom goes hold that up hope everyone Hope has found uh, the yellow stripe down the middle of the pavement of the road that was here, the riddle entrance to the YMCA of the Rockies, and she was just beaming. And it was so cool to find pieces of the old road that really, you know, that was the entrance to the Rockies, and it was torn up in the 60s. Oh, and how about that rock that was painted that used to be a billboard that was also at the old entrance? You could still see a little bit of the painting. Well, uh, first of all, you've intrigued me, and I'm going to have to go on Tom's history hike. I've, I've been here about three and a half years, but there are clearly things about this organization and its history that I don't know. So I'm going to seek out Tom for a hike in the next couple of weeks. But that, that's what they do. They share their passion, their, their love of the place, their love of the outdoor world, and, uh, and they inspire our guests. I'm so pleased that you, had, you and your family had that experience. Well, uh, not only do I want people to know just how much my family loves your organization, YMCA the Rockies, two locations. There's Snow Mountain Ranch. That's also fantastic. And Dave DeLucas at the YMCA uh, location in Estes Park. Um, Dave, what you're, you're fundraising right now as well. And I want to throw this in there because you the, the, the building you took me of a, a tour on is really old and it's the administration building where everybody sits out on the rocking chairs and you look out over the sports field and you can see the the giant chess uh you can see the putt putt golf and the gaga ball which by the way that's another huge hit my kids they're filthy from the gaga ball i'm still washing their clothes uh but uh, so that building needs some work so let's talk a little bit about that how do people get involved with that and also you can have a cottage you can you can donate and have uh, one of the cabins uh, that can be your family cabin per se. It's used for others, but you help. You get you know mm-hmm. a certain number of weeks or week per year, but it's like in your family like forever, right? Well, for twenty, there's a twenty-five year priority period when a cabin is either 
uh, donated or, or adopted. And, and sure, I can talk about that, but let me, let me talk about the administration building first. Uh, it is probably the most, uh, one of the most iconic facilities on our property. It was built back in 1910, only three years after the founding of this organization. And it's, our, it's the hub of the Estes Park Center. It is the place that guests come first to check in. It's the location of our cafe and our general store. And the back half of the building has a, a number of our, our staff office. But it is, it is one of the places, and you mentioned the porch. The porch is maybe the best place to sit in an Adirondack chair or a rocking chair and look out at the Rocky Mountains and all the activity that happens on the fields in front. But, but it is a, it's a tired building. It has been renovated and, and upgraded a number of times over its more than 100-year history. Mm-hmm. But there's additional work that needs to be done. The floor, the incredibly beautiful wooden floor, has been sanded down to the nail heads, and it needs to be replaced. There's some other infrastructure improvements. We'd like to uh, add a not a, not a more, more modern touch, but uh, some new furnishings throughout the building as well and make it even more comfortable and, and welcoming to our guests. So those are some of the, the front-of-the-house things. We will not change that porch. We will not change the... The, the guest check-in area that, that so many of our families love. Uh, but then we're going to focus on the back half. Our staff has grown over a number of years, yet we've just been putting more people into fewer office spaces. And so now there's a, there's a need to expand those as well. So it's a, uh, I think it's a, it's a cause, it's a campaign that will have a, a great following among our, um, our loyal supporters who, who love this building and what it stands for. Now, in terms of the cabins, um, I've stayed in many of them. We had our family reunion last there. We had, last year there, we had forty, um, a few over forty people, family members there because we used to come there as kids. So it was really neat to get that next generation uh, coming as well. So the cousins bringing their kids. So um, how does the cabin situation work? Sure, I think the cabin program is is unique to the YM Save the Rockies. And here at the Estes Park Center, we have two hundred seventeen family cabins, uh, ranging in size from two bedrooms to four bedrooms. Every one of those cabins was originally donated by a family. Um, and currently, a two-bedroom cabin, brand new, costs a little more than $200,000. A four-bedroom cabin uh, is almost uh, half a million dollars. And families who believe in us, who have had experiences with us and want to be sure or want to ensure that that experience is shared by many new families, will choose to donate a cabin. And we will build a new cabin, and that family that has made the donation gets to name the cabin. They can put some of their personal belongings in it, but of course, we furnish it. We put in all the appliances. It'll be a beautiful cabin. And then for a 25-year period, that family has the right, has priority for reservations. And that means that at the beginning of each year, they can make their reservations for as little or as much time as they like. Now, the, the catch is that they pay the, the member rate to, uh, to reserve and use the cabin. It isn't free to them, mm-hmm. but, um, but it's like having uh, our, our cabin administrator, our program administrator says it's like having a cabin in the mountains without having to care for a cabin in the mountains because right. we take care of it. Uh, and, and the donors have a locked closet within their cabin where they can store some of their belongings that, that are only accessible to them when they return. So it's, it's a wonderful program. There's a small plaque inside each cabin that, that, that details the donor and where they're from. Uh, and after 25 years, at the end of that period, 
the family can choose to readopt the cabin for a slightly smaller donation, which allows us to renovate and improve the cabin, new carpeting, new appliances, new furnishings, and so on. Or if at that point in their lives, they've decided that, that returning to the Wire of the Rockies is no longer uh, pertinent for them, they can let the cabin go. And for that same smaller amount, another ca- another family can adopt the cabin. They can change the name. They can put uh, their own personal belongings in. And then they have a 25-year priority period. It is uh, an absolutely wonderful program. So I could have the good news cabin. You could. You could. There are some very intriguing names to our cabins that, uh, that have great meaning for the families involved. I love that. All right. I want to get, because, you know, this is a Christian show and I, I love to hear people's testimonies. I was reading a little bit about your background and how long you've worked for the Y. So, again, if you're just joining us, Dave DeLuca, uh, he is the center director for the YMCA, the Rockies Estes Park location. And I read that you've worked for the YMCA in general for many years and that you've come from New Jersey. I would think that uh, Estes Park is a huge change from New Jersey. So what led you to want to work for, a, you know, a Christian organization and to do your life's work? Because I saw a note when I took a, a tour um, with you and some other people at the Y last week, which I thought was a fabulous. I love it that you're doing that program, by the way. I noticed there was a sign on your wall that said breathe. Now, running an organization, you have 5,000 like beds, like, you know, it's a big, big, big place. And there are a lot of activities that, that you can't even get in the five days that I was there. We couldn't do all the activities. So there's some stress involved. OK. And you're also not making yeah. enough money to buy a, a brand new Porsches for everybody in your family. You have to have a passion for Jesus. You have to have a passion for your faith to do the work you do. Take on the stress. And as I said, you also are responsible for, for providing a lot of great memories for young people, for families, you know, in general. So why have you chosen this line of work and, uh, you know, and put your faith at the forefront of your career? Well, wow, what a, what a wonderful and involved question. And I'll do I'll do my best to answer it concisely. Uh, my my why career started almost 35 years ago. And it started in, on the camping side. I'm, I'm a Northeasterner. I'm a New Englander who is now transplanted into the Rockies. And that works extraordinarily well, except when the topic of professional football and the New England Patriots comes up. But, but I'll leave that for another day. Um, I, I, I began working in my, my background is in environmental science and uh, began doing outdoor education and, and working summers at, at camps. And then had the opportunity to take a, a year-round position working in a Y camp uh, in the Berkshires in Western Massachusetts. And my career sort of took off from there. I've, I've directed camps in northern Vermont on Lake Champlain, mm-hmm. in, um, in Missouri, in the Ozarks. And then, as you, as you mentioned, uh, most recently I came from uh, – I spent si- seven years in New Jersey as the CEO of a Y camp there. So I love, I love the Christian mission of the Y. I love the fact that – that we we teach Christian values and and Christian principles, but we also are engaging uh, children and adults in meaningful outdoor activity uh, in a in a time and age when uh, when kids are spending too much time in front of screens and and not playing with others. So that's yeah. that's my why story. Then I, I happen to have come out here to the Estes Park Center several times as an attendee at YMCA conferences and uh, fell in love with the place in the area and brought my wife out to one of those events. We, um, we spent an extra week at the Estes Park Center hiking and doing all sorts of activities. And as we hopped on the plane to fly back to New Jersey, 
uh, Lori said to me, boy, that wouldn't be a bad place to live. And uh, a year and a half later, the, the center director job came open. I applied and was so fortunate to be invited to, to join the team. So I've been here for three and a half years. And boy, there is no place where you can see the mission of the YMCA um, carried out and embodied uh, more so than the, the Estes Park Center. I see families, I see groups, I see children who, who just come alive out here. And uh, it's, it's wonderfully fulfilling to be part of that. Well, and also adults who get to be kids again. I told you when I bumped into you up there that um, I extended, you know, because I, did, I didn't want to go home. So I'm like, I called them, like, can we please get one more night at least? You know, <laughs> because there's just so much to do and it's so much fun. Uh, so I want to just make sure that um, people get the information. Uh, I mentioned uh, it's a YMCARockies.org. And then what's the best number for people to call up there, Dave? Sure. Our, our main number is area code 970 three three four one and that will go right to our switchboard and you can request information from reservations or to speak to our program department or conference department but uh thank you that would be the best way to reach us and what's the what's the takeaway we've got about a minute left what uh when you're kind of giving your 30 minute elevator uh 30 second elevator speech to someone about why to come to the wire what you offer or why what makes it special what do you tell people i tell people that it's an opportunity to leave the rest of the world behind and to discover what's important for families it's an opportunity for mom and dad to enjoy activities with the kids without the the pressures and the hustle and bustle of of uh, the outside world it's an opportunity for groups to come together and discover each other. Uh, and it's all happening in this most incredibly beautiful natural environment. I 100% agree. And I just, again, want to say thank you. All the stress you have in your day-to-day work life, um, I, I say thank you to you for that. Uh, I've seen a lot of improvements in the Y over the years, uh, specifically since you've taken over with the new Mountain Center. It's beautiful. And uh, all of the activities up there, the zip lining was fantastic. And uh, I, I just feel very blessed that um, I'm connected to your organization and can't thank you enough. So thank you, Dave DeLuca, YMCA the Rockies Estes Park. Well, thank you. And thank you so much for sharing our story. We appreciate it. God's Glory Boxes were started to help spread the glory of God, support Christian artists, and feed the hungry. At God's Glory Boxes, they get things from artists worldwide who share their love of God through their art, like paintings, jewelry, t-shirts, and pillowcases. Here's how it works. Go to the website godsglorybox.com. Choose a one-month, three-month, six-month, or 12-month subscription. Use the promo code GOODNEWS5 for $5 off a one-month subscription or GOODNEWS10 for $10 off a longer subscription. You can get God's Glory Boxes for yourself or as a gift, cancel whenever you want, and the best part is that for each box sold, God's Glory Boxes will donate five meals to hungry people in the community. Help spread God's glory today by starting your subscription at godsglorybox.com. And remember to use the promo codes GOODNEWS5 or GOODNEWS10 to take advantage of your special Good News discount. Hi, it's Angie. Thanks so much for listening to the Good News. If you like the Good News program and you'd like to support us, we need to partner up with businesses to keep this show going. I'd really like to keep it on the air and I need advertisers in order to do that. And I'd love to partner with you and help you build your business or your website. Maybe you're a nonprofit and you'd like to do an interview and you'd like to donate to us so that we can help you get donations as well. AngieAustinRadio.com AngieAustinRadio.com Just click on Contact Me. I would 
would love to partner up with you. I think this is a great program. We've been on the air for about seven years now, and I think a lot of people have gotten a ray of sunshine and some faith and even a little fun from this program. So if you'd like to support us, please go to AngieAustinRadio.com. We would like to help you build your business or nonprofit as well. AngieAustinRadio.com and click on Contact. I'd love to hear from you, and I'd love to help you build your business. Hey, it's Angie. Well, as many of you know, I'm based in Colorado. And uh, full disclosure, my co-host, Mike Opelka, is related to a a young girl in Illinois uh, who uh, is uh, Ashley. And there's Ashley's Law in place, which I'll discuss a little bit more because she takes medical marijuana. So I thought, well, this is something to discuss uh, about, you know, regulation of cannabis and the industry. It's becoming legal in more areas and joining us as Dawson Hobbs, Senior VP of Government Affairs for the Wine and Spirits Wholesalers of America. Welcome, Dawson. Thanks, Angie. I'm glad to be here. So there's so much going on in this arena, especially when it comes to medical marijuana. I mentioned uh, my co-host, uh, uh, Mike Opelka, and Ashley's Law. I don't know if you've heard about it, but it's a little girl in Illinois who was uh, on medical marijuana that really helped her with uh, a lot of kids take it for pain or for seizures. And they weren't allowing her to have the patch on or put it on at school. And it really had changed her life. And I, I don't know if a lot of people realize that the CBD is taken out. Uh, pardon me, the uh, THC is taken out so that she's not high at school. She's just not having seizures in school. So we've talked a lot about this. So let's talk about regulation and why this issue is so important to you. Yeah, so uh, thanks for having me. The the Wine and Spirits Wholesalers um, have been looking at the cannabis issue for another number of years, and we've really uh, come to the position that uh, what needs to happen for this to move forward is to resolve the conflict between state and federal law. Mm-hmm. And we think that the federal government should recognize the right of states to legalize cannabis, but we do think that the uh, right to legalize should come with the responsibility to regulate. And we think that those states should regulate cannabis in a way that's similar to alcohol. Uh, We have a very safe and effective um, alcohol market in this country, and it's worked for 85 years, and we think a lot of the elements of that can move over uh, to the cannabis marketplace as well. I think you make a very good point because there's some murky turf when it comes to legalization and then how to handle, uh, you know, if people are operating machinery or vehicles, et cetera, on it. And so you're saying that, uh, well, what, what should happen then if cannab- as cannabis is legalized in each state, uh, uh, as it, we've seen it happening, what should happen then? Well, we think that the federal government uh, should set some baseline standards that the state needs to meet uh, for regulations, and that when a state meets that, then they should be recognized as having a legal cannabis marketplace, and businesses can operate, and they can avail themselves of banking and and, and the tax laws and so forth and so on. Um, but what's really important is that those regulations keep the product out of the hands of minors, don't market the product to minors. Uh, and we're talking about recreation here, and then also uh, make sure that people aren't using it when they're operating a motor vehicle. Um, there's a whole host of issues surrounding medical cannabis, as you've mentioned, and we do think that there needs to be research into that uh, so that people know what the product can actually do to help people and also what it can't do. So in terms of you know your area of expertise um, with your position and being in the wine and spirits arena, um, 
would merging the laws to be more similar for each just be better for each state? And as you put, uh, have the federal government get involved in that? Yeah, what we think is is that cannabis regulation should follow alcohol regulations. And that if a state does that, then the federal government should recognize the right of that state to legalize. And we've learned a lot of lessons over 85 years since prohibition. Alcohol regulations have evolved. Uh, we're at near all-time lows for underage access, for driving under the influence. And we think that the cannabis marketplace can learn from that and not have to learn the lessons over 85 years. They can take the lessons we've already learned. Okay, Dawson, I've got a question for you. Banking issues are clearly a problem. I think back to Colorado several years back, there was a a veteran who was working as a security guard at one of the dispensaries, and he was killed because a lot of people, bad people, know that these Uh, dispensaries aren't allowed to bank in a normal way and so oftentimes they have a lot of cash there and that leads to you know a a crime issue so banking issues clearly a problem do you have a proposed in-state solution for the banking problem because they can't you know operate like a regular business even though like the state I live in it's legal Right. And, and that's a, a big part of what we're trying to accomplish here. Only Congress can really fix the banking issue. And the only way they can do that is is to either fully legalize at the federal level or recognize the states that are legalizing at the state level. So what we're encouraging them to do is to recognize the right of states to legalize so long as that state regulates the product appropriately. Uh, we don't think there should be a carte blanche where a state could just have a Wild West market. Uh, we think that if a state comes up with a responsible regulatory model similar to that of alcohol, then the federal government should recognize that. The businesses in that state could use their banks. They wouldn't have to keep a lot of cash on hand the way they do now, and it would create a safer environment uh, from what's currently going on in Colorado and other states that have legalized. You know, and whether people like it or not, whether they use it or not, I mean, I live in a state where it's legal. I don't use it. It's, you know, your choice whether to use any of this stuff or not. I don't drink for that matter either. That's just my personal choice. But I think we have to note, see that what's happening state to state to state, it's like dominoes falling and and that states are legalizing it. So whether you like alcohol, whether you agree with legal marijuana, it's the world we live in. So we better figure out how to manage it. And I think you make a good point, Dawson, about regulating cannabis similar to the the laws governing alcohol. Alcohol. It just makes sense. So where can people get more information? Uh, if they visit our website at WSWA.org, there's information about our position on cannabis and uh, some information about what we're doing on Capitol Hill uh, to try and promote this policy among members of Congress. Thank you, Dawson. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers.